0: Highways Voices, the podcast of Highways News, your one-stop destination for all the news about the highways and transport technology industries and our must-read daily newsletter. It's National Apprenticeship Week, so let's hear from three of tomorrow's industry leaders on this week's Highways Voices.
1: When you're driving along the road, you kind of just take it all for granted in terms of, like, the maintenance and the upkeep of the road. Um, And so, kind of, how much work actually goes into maintaining it as well. You don't really think about that before actually working in the
2: sector. You've got to have the design, then for us it's the environmental assessments, the going out, walkovers, potentially having to do surveys. Like, there's a lot more to it rather than just sort of picking up your tub of paint and going to paint the lines down the road.
3: We have two years of learning the job, so by the end of it, we'll have more experience than most of the fellas that just came straight into the job, really, so we can learn the background of what the planners do to book the workspace. To then also to go out and put the cones on and stuff like that. Two Lauren's from Kia and Josh from Amy are our guests this
0: week as we discover why Highways is their rookie career of choice. Highways Voices, the podcast from highwaysnews.com. So, some great conversations with young people starting out in the industry to come on today's programme with some feedback on recruitment and how we can get the right messages to drivers as well. But first, here's Adrian Tatum with his take on the biggest stories we've run on Highways News.
4: This week on the HighwaysNews.com website, the Office of Rail and Road, independent monitor of National Highways, has ensured steps have been taken by the government-owned company to increase the transparency of its performance at a regional level. As a result of OOR driving the need for greater transparency and data to be published... National Highways increased the number of performance indicators the company makes public at a regional level from just five in 2019-20 to 22 in 2020-21. OOR has published its new data in its latest benchmarking National Highways report, which outlines the regional differences in performances across National Highways' motorway and major A-road network in England. In one of the indicators reported for the first time, OOR saw significant differences across England in the accuracy and timelessness in the notification of overnight road closures. National Highways is tasked with ensuring that nationally 90% of overnight road closures are published accurately seven days in advance by 2024-25. As reported in OOR's annual assessment of National Highways, the company sees 55% of all closures notified correctly in 2020-21. Elsewhere, a 12-week consultation will help to better understand the future skills needed to boost diversity, plug the skills gap and promote careers across the industry, with participants able to post their views and ideas. A new task force launched during National Apprenticeship Week this week would lead the charge on promoting careers and aims to create thousands of opportunities for the next generation of talent. The Minister for State for Transport, Andrew Stevenson, said he wanted the brightest and best to join the transport sector, and these plans will supercharge apprenticeship schemes and other training routes to help attract the top talent. And an A route for cyclists, walkers and horse riders between St Agnes and Turo in Cornwall will be in place in late 2023, according to the council. This is following a review of the Saints Trails project, linked with the Langarff Garden Village development near Three Milestone. Plans for the route include a bridge over the A30 in Chiverton. Most funding for the project has come from the National Highways as part of its designated funds programme, which aims to provide environmental, social and economic benefits to the people, communities and businesses who live and work side of the Strategic Road Network. Projects funded under this programme must be completed by March 31st, 2023.
0: On top of those, you can read about new kit for National Highway's traffic officers, SWARCO, UNOPTIC and TRL on the Inter Traffic Awards shortlist, safety improvements on a notorious road in Nottingham, and how a record number of hire bikes in London have gone missing. You can read all of those, plus so many more stories on our website. Remember to follow us on Twitter and LinkedIn. Details are in the blurb, of course. And that's where you can find where to sign up for our daily email into your inbox every lunchtime. Highways Voices with Paul Hutton and Adrian Tatum.
4: Swaco improves quality of life by making the travel experience safer, quicker, more convenient, and environmentally sound. From software-as-a-service traffic management solutions to parking, VMS, EV charging and road marking too, find out how Swarco can deliver more efficient and safer traffic management. Swarco, the better way
0: every day. We'll hear from Josh Dudley from Amy about life out and about on the road in a few minutes, but first, let's meet two apprentices at Kia in the early part of their career to hear about their work and why they chose this particular career path. We'll meet Lauren Weaver in a moment, but first, here's Lauren Cooper who told Adrian what she does for the company. I'm
1: in highways um, and I'm in the design team within structures. One kind of aspect that I like about working in the highway sector is that the work that I'm sort of doing within the design, I kind of get to see put into the real world. So the structures that I get to like work on, um, so my first design back I did was for like a stretch on the M6. And so getting to work on that, and then getting to see actually in real life and um, getting to see the impact that the work's having on the infrastructure around us. That kind of really
2: interests me and I really sort of enjoy that aspect of it. I'm 19 and I'm an environmental apprentice with Care Highways. I started doing that in November 2020 and alongside work I'm also studying for um, a safety, health and environmental level three technician qualification. So roles pretty varied, to be honest. I can be sort of doing environmental assessments. I do environmental depot inspections as well. I'm quite heavily involved with the hazardous tree management. So any of the trees alongside the strategic road network that are like diseased or dangerous in any other way, sort of putting a programme together to get them removed and also have opportunities to go out on site, do like walkovers and some surveys. Like you can see the work that you're doing. So I can sort of be driving along to get to a walkover that I'm doing for another site and as you're going along it's like oh yeah there's that crash barrier that I've helped like do the assessment for or sort of you can see like some of the trees that are marked up with the orange dot which I know are then some of the hazardous trees that are in the program I've involved in and it is I think just that yeah seeing everything you're doing and the fact that you're working quite local to home as well so it's just that knowing that you are having an impact and seeing the work that's being done.
4: What are the most important things that you've learned so far during your period in the sector would you say?
1: Um, I think for me I think I've kind of almost learned about how big the sector actually is I don't think it's like unless you're actually in the sector I don't think you're almost aware of how large it is and how varied it is I think even just within my role day to day I'm just doing different bits here and there getting involved with sort of different designs and stuff like that and so I think that it's just kind of That's what I've sort of learned about the sector um, in terms of just how big it is. One thing I've learned is sort of how important the sector is in itself. I think when you're driving along the road, you kind of just take it all for granted in terms of like the maintenance and the upkeep of the road. Um, And so kind of how much work actually goes into maintaining it as well. You don't really think about that before actually working in the sector. But once, once, once you've got a role and once you're actively working, on the roads, I think you kind of you realise what actually goes into sort of maintaining the upkeep of them.
2: For me, it's just you don't realise when you're not working the sector just how much actually like goes on behind the scenes. Like, a sort of general people probably just see somebody out there in the PP actually like doing the road repair, so putting in a new crash barrier, painting the white lines. But it's a hell of a lot that goes on like before we get to that stage, so. So you've got to have the design. Then for us, it's the environmental assessments, the going out, walkovers, potentially having to do surveys. Like there's a lot more to it rather than just sort of picking up your tub of paint and going to paint the lines down the road. There's, I really wouldn't have realised that beforehand and in sort of speaking with members of my family, they're still sort of quite surprised by like, so you had to go and do a bat survey just for them to be able to do that sort of work. It's like, yeah. And what's it been
4: like working for Kia and how have they supported you?
1: From Kia's kind of perspective of, been really impressed with Kia and how they have supported me. I'm currently working on my BTEC in civil engineering. They sort of almost like really respectful of that. So I get my day release. um, I work, I do my college work on a Monday and sort of, I get that day dedicated to my studies. um, And so I get to sort of really progress with that. Um, And then uh, in terms of my development as well, almost started looking at that next step already so i'm a member of the ice um, which is the institute of civil engineers kind of getting ready for that like next step it's kind of almost planting that seed like in my brain of where my career can kind of progress on this program um, and where i can go
2: next with it really yeah i think with me as well it's like really been really well supported so as well as my apprenticeship i've also been able to do a couple of other development courses i've done um, discovering reptiles and discovering amphibians which should help me like when I'm out doing surveys with identification skills and just knowing a bit more about the species and as well as that I think it's just sort of which is obviously whilst I've been here it's been a lot of working from home that sort of still being involved with your team we've had like meetups and gone for team walks and I've still felt like a real big part of things which initially you weren't sure what happen with everybody working from home but yeah you've definitely still been very well involved in good communication between people and just yeah the support of everybody's all, the line manager early careers, yeah, been really good.
4: Why highways, and and why did you decide to take the apprenticeship route as opposed to anything else?
1: I was originally going to go down um, what probably people see as more the traditional routes. So I was going to do A levels and then I was going to go on to sort of university and sort of go into the sector in that sort of way. Um, but then I I heard about the apprenticeship kind of route, which I hadn't really. I wasn't too aware of to be honest and neither with highways I don't think they really touch on that sort of well in my school at least they didn't they don't really promote highways in like sort of younger younger generations but I think I decided to kind of go into highways because I think it it kind of interests me I think like I said kind of before sort of working on the infrastructure around us and getting that sort of work done.
2: Yeah, with me, um, when I completed my A-levels, I I knew that university wasn't going to be the route for me. I didn't want to go sort of another round of five days a week studying that sort of thing. So I knew the apprenticeship route for being still be able to continue my learning, but also starting to get experience of actually working that for me, that was why I did it. I wanted to start earning and getting work experience and sort of actually doing the job that I knew I wanted to be in. And to be honest, Highways for me was actually accidental. It was just applying for environmental roles and that was where I ended up in it because I just I don't think I really had any idea that the industry existed beforehand but I mean yeah definitely pleased that I did end up in Highways.
1: Speaking from personal experience I went to an all-girls school in terms of Highways it was never really mentioned so I think it's kind of planting that seed from like younger that it is an option and I think it's also explaining that there are roles rather than just kind of like working Directly on the roads and that kind of role, which is obviously available, but I think there's all, almost a lot of other roles like within design, for example, that are available, but I don't think people are aware
2: of it. Um, and so I think it's just like spreading that awareness, yeah. I think it is just that engagement with schools. As I said, I didn't have a clue like any sort of other things that go into highways other than the people that are there doing the construction and that sort of thing. I think we do need to, yeah, start speaking with people from younger ages, but also like at the key point when they are making their decisions. So when you're choosing like your GCSE subjects and then following GCSEs, choosing sort of your next steps. And I just don't think there's really that much engagement at the moment with School leavers.
0: So that's Lauren Weaver rounding off the interview. and We heard from Lauren Cooper as well. Two great examples of why apprenticeships are a viable career option and why you don't always have to consider graduates in your recruitment. And here's another example. We'll meet Josh Dudley from Runcorn in Cheshire, who Adrian and I chatted to about his role at Amy. And he tells us first how he almost fell into
3: a great career. I had no clue what it was going to be like, because before the job and stuff, I just wanted a job that had progression. So, like, the jobs I've had beforehand, it have been a bit of, like, nothing jobs, you know. The money you get every month and stuff is just what you live on and that. So, I've got a little lad in there. I wanted something of a bit proper job, you know what I'm saying? So, so uh, when I seen it online and stuff, I didn't really know what I was going to go in for. But then after seeing it, and with the different jobs, so it's like, we do mainly, like, traffic management, barriers on the motorway. We do fencing on the motorway. Stuff like that, and then they also have the little like cycling jobs, like litter picking and streaming and stuff like that. So I liked, I just like the idea of going in, like what's happening to the job. We go in every day, and I don't know what I'm gonna do. So I've not been bored one day because one day I'll go in, I'll do litter picking, which might sound a bit rubbish but Then the next day you'll go in and do traffic management, and I'm, you know what I mean. So you're just learning a lot of different things. So. I love it, me really. So well, it's been dead sound. Everyone like obviously it's dangerous job and stuff with a lot of traffic, but when we all communicate and follow the safety and it's all dead like. And tell me what what attracted you to that role when you saw when you saw the advert. I don't really know, to be honest. I just seen it online. I just thought it'd be an interesting job, you know. Like because at first, to be fair, when I seen. Uh, The company Amy, the first thing that clicked in my head was like railways. So before actually like, because the uh, job advertisements wasn't really clear whether it was going to go like motorway or railway. So I went in to like a Zoom call like this as my first interview sort of thing. Then finding out it was motorway. So I was really just interested in what they did. I had to look online and stuff like that. So at the time, I really didn't have a clue what I was going into. And then after with the uh, interviews and stuff like that, they're just giving me more insight on what the job's about and basically how quick they can progress you up and the amount of tickets they're willing to throw at you for different skills on the different jobs and stuff like that. So really the main thing that like interested me was just the fact that it's not just, I don't know, you're in a warehouse just picking this stock all day. You can one day be like 20 miles down the M6 or just around the corner on the M66 or whatever doing all sorts of bits. So because we have two years of learning the job so by the end of it we'll have more experience than most of the fellas that just came straight into the job really so we can learn the background of what the planners do to book the workspace for then us to go out and put the cones on it and stuff like that so that gave us like a whole month of going from the planners to even with the fitters and stuff like that work on the vehicles and we spend a month with them but we go to college as well so the last like week of every month so that's probably the only remote learning we do Now is the every last week of every month, go to college, learn uh, loads of different skills, to be fair, like flagging and curbing, block paving. So all the work we do at home on the computer with that maybe, but we're learning off the boys in the canteen, getting to know all them. They're all willing to help, so it's all dead happy days. Um
4: And... not necessarily about what you're doing, but you know, the job the job role itself and, and what that means. What what do you think are the most important things that you've you've learned so far?
3: Communication probably from everyone in there. The one thing everyone tells you is just you've got, you've got to communicate, like especially with the live traffic and stuff, because the dangerous jobs and stuff like that. As long as everyone's, you know, looking out for each other, everyone has each other's back and stuff like that, then it all runs smoothly really. So And then, so far, I've done two training courses. So, I've done my which is just like a traffic management, uh, one day. And then, today, actually, I did my banksman training. It's just, like, reversing vehicles and stuff like that. So, they're the two, like, main things we've learned so far. But, just to, like, fit in with the lads and have a laugh with them. And then, it's just so sound. going to work, isn't it? Working with your mates, sort of thing. You know what I mean? Like, there's nothing better, is there? So, just in health and safety as well, in our job, to be fair, because... Like I say, looking after each other's stuff, your PPE, just all that mainly is the most important things in the job. One of the uh, key issues that we talk about is road worker safety.
0: And it sounds like, without us even prompting you, it's come up in the conversation several times about it's a dangerous job. You've got to follow, you've got to communicate, you've got to make sure safety. So it, it sounds like that's been really drummed into you about working next to live traffic and and how
3: important it is that safety is kind of like the number one priority yeah definitely that's what it's been like from day one because you know i mean everyone wants to after work go back home and have the tea and stuff like that so everyone's there looking out for each other and make sure it's all that sound And yeah all the lads are quality like so straight away they drummed it into us all to you know look out for each other and been really good like.
4: And have you experienced any abuse yet from the public?
3: Nah, I've not yet, abuse-wise. But like I said, I've only done it four months out on the road, probably. So I'm sure I will in the upcoming months and stuff like that. But no, the only uh, interaction I've had with the public was last week, actually. It was a pretty mad. Like, we were just streaming... And uh, a fella pulled behind us, and he was like having heart palpitations and a heart attack, so we had to ring the ambulance for him. What happened to the guy that you helped then? Nothing. We just sat with him and was told to him, and then the, uh, the ambulance came, so put him in there, and he was all sound, like, so... It was all sound in the end, then we got to crack on, but, I mean, he was sound, the fella. He just I think he had uh, blood pressure problems. He told us he was taking tablets for them, and... It was, you know what I mean? He felt a bit thingy, so he decided to pull over. Have you got? Wow. I realise.
4: I, I realise it's really early on for you in 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 your two year apprentices, and really early on in the sector. But from somebody that's coming outside the industry into it, do do you get a
3: sense of what more can be done to protect protect road workers? I mean, I think there's always going to be with Joe public and stuff like that. There's all they're always going to have abuse and stuff because they don't may, may might not really understand the job because what the lads have told me most of the time that they're there, like, oh, you're blocking, you know, it's it's usually because you're putting a cone out so you're blocking someone on the way to work or, you know, somewhere they want to go. So, maybe if people, I don't know, podcasts like this or just anything, just communication with the public to sort of, so they understand our job more maybe and then there'll be more understanding in the future and stuff because that's all I hear really is the, you know, people shout abuse because Maybe they don't know what's going on and that's the only one I know. So I don't know to really to eliminate it. I don't really know what more you can do for than just try and teach people well, a them. you know what I mean? I'm not closing if, if I'm getting abused, I'll just be I'm not closing them it up for a laugh. Like it's just a job, isn't it? So
4: now Amy have a have a, a really good reputation for looking after their people. What what's it been like to work for Amy and how have they supported you so far in the in, in the development? in your development as, a, as an apprentice?
3: It's been sound like, to be fair, all the supervisors have been great. Like, cause the, the only thing I was... Uh, like come, It's a bit intimidating coming in, like, as a young lad and an apprentice, most of the workforce are an aging workforce and stuff like that. So coming in and, like, as an apprentice and just having to sort of shadow people who probably don't want you there, you know what I mean? You're, you're bothering and stuff like that, but no one's been like that really, but that's what goes through your head and stuff, you know, when you start a new job and all that. But uh no, everyone just wants to teach you. Everyone's been dead sound. I think they all understand that like like I will be with them, working with them. So the more I know, the better and easier it makes their life and stuff like that. And uh yeah, all holidays and stuff and inquiries I've ever had have been sorted straight away. And because I didn't I didn't want to ever feel like coming to a job and uh, let's just say we're fencing and I'm just stood in the background sort of thing and a bit like I can't help you, so i a bit you know, useless and stuff like that, but everyone getting involved and it's dead sound like, so I'm sort of happy Daisy. here now. I've got two years on like dead nice hours, dead, there's no pressure on me as long as I'm willing and showing that, that I want a thing, which like that I want to work, which I am. I've got two years of just learning a job, really, with no sort of pressure on me to so just, as long as I commit to it and do my best, then I'm winning sort of thing. So, it's just that good. Life. What an
0: advert for apprenticeships and our sector. That's Josh Dudley, apprentice at Amy there. Inspiring stuff here on Highways Voices. Highways Voices, the podcast from highwaysnews.com. Highwaysnews.com. Yes, this is Highways Voices. And before we go, we've still got time for Adrian's Accolade. Adrian, who wins this week?
4: My accolade this week, go to the Greater Manchester Combined Authorities and Greater Manchester Health and Social Care Partnership. How professionals and community organisations in Greater Manchester will be investigating how social prescribing can help build cycling, walking and other ways to move into people's lives. Thanks to a £100,000 government grant, the money has been handed over by the DFT to fund a feasibility study that could enable more people across Greater Manchester to take trips on foot or by bike and experience the mental and physical benefits of leading a more active life. If successful, the scheme would encourage and support people in areas where health inequalities are evident or people who struggle to be more physically active to adopt active travel into their lives a 2.2 million pot of funding has been released from the DFT over 30 local authorities in the UK to un- undertake the research so my congratulations this week go to the DFT Greater Manchester Combined Authorities and Greater Manchester Health and Social Care Partnership and a worthy project and uh, all the best with it moving forward.
0: Great stuff in the northwest there, our Adrian's Accolade, this week. And that'll do it for our programme. Next week, we're due to catch up with one of Europe's leading voices on intelligent transport systems as we sit down with the new Ertico CEO. Thanks, as always, for listening, and we'll chat again soon. Highways Voices. Join us again next week for more insights from those that matter in the industry.